Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. through 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11, and this is just our verse that we are going through um, in the series, and so we're going to read uh, verse 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but the same God, who work all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom, through the same Spirit, through the Spirit to another, the word of knowledge, through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing them to each one individually as he wills. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is powerful. We thank you that it is living and true. And so this morning, Holy Spirit, speak to every one of us. Lord, I ask you to hide me behind the cross. Let my words be your words. Let us leave here changed this morning. And we pray for open ears and open hearts in your name. Amen. When we talk about healing, first off, just to even define the word heal, is to make sound or whole, to restore to health, to cause an an undesirable condition to be overcome, to mend, um, to have the troubles had not been forgotten, but they had been healed. To patch up and to restore to original purity or integrity, the healed, being healed of sin. One of God's names is actually Jehovah, Jehovah Rapha, which is the God who heals. So not only does God want to heal you physically, but he also wants to heal us and forgive us of our sins. He wants to restore the impurities in our lives, and he wants to restore us to purity. And so he wants to take the sins out of our lives. All of the things in our lives that we think have stopped us from getting close to him, he actually wants to take those away and clean us. And so for all even the little kids in the room, when you make a mistake and you uh, mess up and your parents give you trouble, it's not because they're mad. It's because you've done something wrong and they just want to bring correction and they want to restore you to the proper place. And so adults in the room, our Heavenly Father does the same thing. He wants to restore us to the proper relationship with Him. And many of us think that when our Heavenly Father has corrected us, that we can no longer come back to Him. But that's not true. He wants to restore us to a proper relationship with Him. He wants to heal us. So in Matthew 15, 29 to 31, it says this. I don't think we have some PowerPoint, but we don't have a lot. I didn't think we had a screen, so I didn't do PowerPoint. So you can thank Maddie. She typed all of this out this morning. 
So if it's on the screen, she types it so you can thank her later. Matthew 15, 29 says, Jesus departed from there, skirted the Sea of Galilee, and went up to, on the mountain and sat down there. Then great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, the mute, the maimed, and many others. They laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. So the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed made whole, and the lame walking, and the blind seeing. They glorified the God of Israel. I believe that the power of God is still wanting to manifest today. And if you realize, Jesus healed all these different people. And what happened was people would come from all over the place. Understand, there was no social media. There was no um, iPhones. There was no uh, Instagram. There was no Facebook. There's no Twitter. It's all done by word of mouth. And cities would come to hear him. Cities would come to see the miracles but so here's the thing, as believers, the believers in the room, the reason I believe that there's gifts and there's power of the Holy Spirit to heal people and to do miracles is not just to see somebody healed and delivered. Yes, it's for that so they can be set free, but it's also so the stories go out of what God is doing and people come and your neighbor might just hear, I heard this was happening. I want to come check it out. And we have to be careful to not criticize people for wanting to come to see a miracle because Jesus did miracles. People came to see them and then he shared the gospel. And that is what I think the church needs to do is walk in the power of the Holy Spirit see miracles happening, begin to see people uh, healed forever, get out of wheelchairs, legs healed, arms healed, eyes open, deaf ears open, and see this happen so that our neighbors will come just curious. Did this really happen? Come in, and then we share the gospel with them and watch their lives transformed. And this is why healing still happens today. And it's not just for a pastor to operate in. It is for every one of us. Ronald Reagan's daughter, Patty Davis, was um, interviewed. And it says, she says this, Ronald Reagan's attitude after the 1982 attempt on his life made an impression on his daughter, Patty Davis. She says this, the following day, my father said he knew his physical healing was directly dependent on his ability to forgive John Hickley. By showing me that forgiveness is the key to everything, including physical health and healing, he gave me an example of Christ-like thinking. None of us, I know I figured after I read that it kind of would get quiet. None of us want to believe that this God might not be moving in our lives because of unforgiveness we have towards others. But there's so many times in the Bible where Jesus talks about unforgiveness. And if we do not forgive others, he will not uh, forgive us. It's scripture. So the bitterness in our lives will actually hurt us. I remember Grace said one time, she said, bitterness and unforgiveness is like drinking poison and wanting the other person to die. When I first moved here, uh, it's coming up on five years now. When we first moved here, I was here for literally about a month. And then I dislocated my ankle. And when I dislocated my ankle, I was, so as soon as it dislocated, I was in a cast from my hip to my toe. And I was praying and believing that God would heal my ankle. Because at first, when it first happened, I thought it was kind of funny. And then they started explaining to me what 
I had to go through to get it back properly, and it's still not even proper, but it's to get it back to working. And they started talking about how long I'd be in a cast for and surgery and all these different things. And I started believing, like, no, God can heal my ankle. Because what you have to understand was I was in grade 8. Um, when you're in grade 8 and you're in public school, you, you, know, you practice for a basketball team, you try out for a team, you finally make it. And in grade 8, there's like one tournament. That's it. And so you practice all this time, and if you miss one day, there was no point to it. And so I broke my, the left, my, broke my left foot a week before the tournament. And so we're, you can see it in the x-ray. There's a crack in my foot and everything. And so they, they cast me up. And the next day, my mom and I are praying for my ankle because I, have, I love sports. And so I'm like, I do not want to miss the one tournament of the year. And so I'm praying and praying and praying. And the next day, I start walking on the cast. If there's a doctor or nurse in the room, you hate me already. But I start walking on the cast, and it doesn't hurt. And like two days later, I'm actually jogging on it. Three days later, I'm running down my school hallway so I can show to my coach, no, no, I'll be playing. And we went to the doctors. We went back to the hospital to get them to kind of we forced them to check it because I'm like, this does not hurt, and you're probably mad because I broke the cast because I'm running on it. And so they took the cast off, they x-rayed it, and the doctor, the same doctor comes in and he puts it up on the screen. This was before it just like, you know, the computer put it up. He slides it onto the screen and he goes, uh, there must have been a glitch because see, the big crack that you had here is, is not there anymore and your foot's fine, so there was probably just a glitch in the machine. And my mom and I looked at each other like, yeah, a glitch. And so you have to realize because Jesus healed my foot, Back when I was like 13 years old, I don't remember what age you are in grade 8, but whatever. And so it was a long time ago. Um, we won't even count because yesterday was my birthday, and I'm not going to tell you how many years ago it was. So when I'm praying for my ankle to heal, this foot has already been healed before. So Pastor Charles and I have just, like, we got to know each other through the interview process and stuff like that. But I'm in the office with him, and he'll tell you there was not any lack of faith for my ankle to be healed and that I wasn't going to have a plate and I wasn't going to have screws in my ankle and that I would be fine and I would be able to play all the sports I love and be able to do everything that I could do. And even to the point where I'm in the hospital waiting for surgery and just as I'm going into surgery, Melissa's like, are you okay? And I'm like, hey, a friend of mine, he was supposed to have knee surgery. They took an x-ray of his knee. Before the surgery, they went in and cut him open and between the 20 minutes of the x-ray and cutting him open, his knee was healed. So I'm like, all that's going to happen is I'm going to have a scar on the side of my foot to prove that Jesus healed my ankle. So I wake up from surgery, and I've got a cast from my mid-thigh to my big toe. And I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Because the Bible talks about my faith, and there was not a lack of faith. And I, didn't, I wasn't angry at anybody. There was no unforgiveness. There was no reason for my ankle not to be healed. And so I had to stay in the hospital that night, and I was kind of thankful because I just kind of spent the night by myself. And the next morning, Melissa came and Miles came, and they came and saw me, and then we got into the car. And I remember getting into the car. And as we got in the car, I sat down and I closed the door, and I remember asking God this question. And you'll understand my faith when I say this question. I'm like, God, why did you choose not to heal my ankle? Because I don't believe it wasn't that he couldn't. I don't believe there was something wrong. He chose not to. 
Now, there's many times in our lives we've prayed for healing, we've prayed for things to happen, and we ask God, God, why did you choose not to? Why did this not happen? And some of us, we don't hear anything. And there's times in our lives where asking God why, you may never get an answer. But we had a mentor friend of ours that told us when we had our first miscarriage, he said, you can ask God why, or you can ask God for his presence. You may never get an answer for the why, and if you do get it, you may not like it. But you'll always love his presence. And so when I asked God in the car, I said, God, why did you, not, why did you choose not to heal my ankle? I honestly felt this impression in my heart. And so for believers in the room, you know what I mean? I just, I heard the, word, the Lord speak to me. For non-believers, all I'm doing is I just hear this thought in my head that I knew was not mine, and I'm not crazy, so it was a good voice. And I heard God say this to me. I just need to slow you down and spend some time with you. And my response immediately was, I wish I would have understood that earlier. Because I can tell you that it's not the first time he told me to slow down. He wanted to spend time with me. I just didn't listen. And so I'm not saying that something bad happens in your life so he can correct something to do something. But there's moments in our lives that he chooses. Now, as soon as I say that, every one of you have questions. Every one of you, but why, but why, but why? And I, I don't have the answer. I don't have the answer. But I do know that he is God and I am not. And I know that's not comforting for so many situations. But to understand that if I could explain to you everything that God does, he's no longer God because this simple brain can understand him and explain everything. If you're here and you're trying to figure out who God is and wanting to be able to explain every aspect of him, you never will. Because he is God and we are not. His ways are higher than our ways. So he heals my foot but not my ankle. And then there was a time just this year, I normally don't tell stories when their kids are in the room, but I remember one time, and this is a cool story, Miles and I were out shopping, and I think we were shopping for his birthday. And for those that know my son, he, he's, he struggled with some skin problems, but he's been great. And I remember on this one day we were shopping, and, and the miracle that's happened is his face doesn't get affected anymore. But also on this one day, right before his birthday, his upper lip is starting to get red again. And I remember we were out shopping, and we walked into one store, and he didn't know it, but as we were stepping into the store, you know, he just step up on the curb to walk in. As we stepped up, just like I do with him all the time, I just kind of brush his head. This isn't my son, but it's okay. Right, buddy? Yeah, it's good. I just rubbed his head, but what he didn't know was as I rubbed his head, I just said, Jesus, heal him in, the, in your power. Or I, just, I forget even what I said, but basically heal him. And we're in the dollar store because that's where you buy all your birthday decorations because it's cheap and you're throwing them out. And so we're in there and we're looking around and, and all of a sudden I look at him and I said, Miles, I want to show you something. And I turned the camera on my phone and I flipped it around so he could see himself and his lip was clear. And I said to him, <laughs> and I said to him, I said, well, you don't know. Remember when I walked in the store, I touched your head. He's like, yeah. I said, I asked God to heal you. And so we were walking, and I forget what store. We went to another store, and we we're in this store, and all of a sudden, where was it? Bulk Barn. That's right. We got some wicked candy. 
Um, it's another great thing about birthdays. Um, as you're walking through, and all of a sudden I look at him, and his mouth's getting all red. And it's like, you guys remember how close Dollarama is to the bulk barn. Like, it's not far. And in that time, he went from not healed to healed to not healed. And so I said to him, I said, dude, your, your lip's red. And so in the, right there in bulk barn, we just prayed. And we just real quick again, just, Lord, you just healed him. So make this go away in Jesus' name. And literally, like, before my eyes, I didn't close my eyes because if I'm praying in public, I try not to make it look too weird. And so, and I just prayed and I opened my, like, I say open my eyes. I didn't. I just finished praying. I'm like, amen. And his lip is completely fine. And it's been fine ever since. And so God still heals. We just have to have that next level of faith. And here is why we struggle in our faith when it comes to healing. This is why it's the spiritual gift that I believe is questioned almost the most because of our experience. Because of our experience. More of us can tell stories of unanswered healings than we can of answered ones. But here is what God wants us to shift our mindset this morning. What he wants is for our hearts not to have a theology of experience, but a theology in him. The word of God says that he heals, and he wants to heal. And I go back to say, the times that he has it, I don't know. I can't explain it. But I will tell you this. If you came up to me with a broken, busted ankle, I will pray for you with the same amount of faith as I pray for you with a broken foot. Because even though he didn't heal my ankle, it doesn't mean he can't heal yours. And even in the accident, people will say, where was God? Do you know that my bone, when it dislocated, if you, sorry if you're weak stomach, but my bone actually didn't rip through my leg? If it would have ripped through my leg, I would have been in so much more difficulty. But in the injury, he protected me. In the moment of getting my attention, he protected me. He protected me from getting too far hurt. There's many times, I don't know about you, but something will happen. And we ask God, where were you? But when you stop and think what could have happened, how much was he there and involved? He, this could have happened, but it didn't because he was still there. He wants to touch and heal people today. It's interesting that Ronald Reagan understood Kenneth Squirrels, seriously his name, he's quoted by saying this about wounds left unattended, fester and spread. A common phrase used is in the world of healing is time heals all wounds. I have found this to be more false than true. As a pastor, I talk regularly with people who are still carrying hurts from 30 or 40 years ago. The real truth is, time often makes things worse. Wounds that are left unattended fester and spread throughout the entire body. Time only extends the pain if the problem is not dealt with. Luke 6, starting at verse 37, says this, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not condemn. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the, with the measure you use it, 
you use, it will be measured to you. So many times you hear people use this scripture verse when it comes to giving. Um, it actually, when it talks about pressed down and overflowing, it's not actually talking about giving, it's talking about our judgment. <laughs> and so, still give, but also forgive. And God says, what we judge with. So here's what you have to understand. The way you criticize your neighbor, the way you critique your coworker, the way you say things at work, the way you drive down the road and criticize another driver just wants you to know that it will be pressed down, shaken together, and overrunning. Running over will be poured into your lap. It's one reason I don't have a fish on my car. Too many times do I cut people off unintentionally. And if they honk at me, I don't wave. I just keep driving. And many of us need to stop waving. Mark 11, verse 25 says this, And when you are standing praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, and your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. I know we're talking about healing this morning, but there's such a connection to God moving in our lives to our forgiveness of others. We're doing a Bible study at the church um, in the fall. It's called Bait of Satan. It's the next step in our steps across the bridge. And in it, it, it's all about offense in our lives. And I don't know about you, but every one of us carries offense. And see, the thing is, is this. An offense, I love the way it said, offense, an offense in your life is an event. Offended is a decision. Many of us, there's an event that's happened in our life, and we, it has offend, we have taken offense by it, but then to be offended is actually a choice. It's a choice not to extend forgiveness. It's a choice not to love. It's a choice to just hold on to it. And if we forgive and hold nothing back, then we hold nothing back from God to deliver stuff into our lives and pour blessing into our lives. Matthew 21, 14 says, Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. He healed them. I don't know about you, but I want to see the blind, the lame, healed in Jesus' name. Luke 17, 6 says, So the Lord said, If you have faith as a mustard seed... You can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it will, it would obey you. I want to have that in my life. I want to be able to speak to things, and it happens because of the power of God that works through us. Now, I just need a couple of volunteers this morning. Carlo, great. Thanks for volunteering. Come on up, bud. You're awesome. Wait, like, you knew it. It was like a prophetic gift in your life. I need one other volunteer. Everybody's scared when I, I'm going to look for an adult. We had kids up earlier. Zach, you're going to come? Come on up, Zach. All right, hold on. So, we're going to read from Mark 8, 22, and this is when Jesus heals a blind man at the Sheeta. Now, every time that Jesus heals somebody, he kind of does it differently, and that way he never sets up a formula. Because I don't know about you, but if there's a formula, how many of you are just going to follow it? Right? It was interesting. There was a blind man that Jesus healed, and he spit in the mud. No, I'm telling that story right now. 
There was one time where Jesus did. He, he spit in the mud. And if we were outside, maybe we could do that one. But we're inside, so we can't do that one. But I still wonder, like, let's be honest. You're blind. You come to Jesus to heal you. And he says, do you want to be healed? And you say, yes. The next thing you hear is this. <laughs> Like, how many people are going to respond just like that? <laughs> but it's interesting. With this man, he doesn't make mud. He takes him. If you're reading along, I'm just going to read it, and then I want to talk about it for a second. He says, they came to Bashida, and the, some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand... And had led him out of the city. This is the very first time that Carlo and I've ever held hands. <laughs> you can stay there now. Outside of the village, and he then he had spit on the man's eyes. <laughs> he put his hands on him, and Jesus asked, Do you see anything? And he responded, he looked around and said, I see people, they look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes and said, then said, eyes were open and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. And Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. There are people that believe that Jesus took him out by the hand and walked him out of the village because there was so much actual lack of faith in the village, he took them away from them. That's why he said, actually, don't go back in. Because a lot of times you think, yeah, go back in so they all see it. He's like, actually, you know what, don't even bother going back. And it's interesting because Jesus asked him, after he spit in the man's face... He asked him, can you see? And he's like, I see people, but they look like trees. Many people believe that when he said that, what he meant was, it's still blurry. And so Jesus didn't spit again. <laughs> he didn't spit again. He just... <laughs> I honestly think we could go on with this for a while, and nobody in the room would be bored at all. And he asked him, he said, do you see? And he prayed for a second time. And he could see. So let me encourage you, give them a hand. Give me that before somebody. The reason I love this story, first off, all fun and jokes aside, the guy gets healed. So I love the story. I love the story when he gets healed. I find it intriguing, we talked about that Jesus actually removed him away and did it privately. He didn't want anybody else to know. And there's so many times in the Bible where Jesus would heal somebody and say, go and tell nobody. Go and tell nobody. And then there's times he said, go and show the priest and stuff. But a lot of times, there's so many times, go and tell nobody. 
I also love this story because I just can't imagine what the guy was thinking when Jesus spit in his face. Like, when you read the Bible, if there's not moments in the Bible that, one, make you laugh, and two, make you question some things, like, you're not reading it looking at what it actually says. If you know anybody that is blind, their hearing usually is increased. All like honestly, every time I read this, to think of what Jesus is about to do to spit in the person's face and just watch them do exactly what Pastor Carlo did, of like, what is happening? And then, here's why I love the story. This should encourage every one of you this morning. Jesus prayed twice. The Son of God prayed twice for this person to be healed. So many times we read in Scripture where Jesus just looked at him and was like, just take up your mat and walk. And we're like, man, I don't know if I can do that. I've prayed and nothing's happened. Jesus prayed twice. So if you've prayed once, pray twice. If you've prayed twice, just remember you're not the Son of God. Pray a third time. One of the things that mentors have taught me is this. I will pray for healing. Many of you will know that. I'll pray for healing, and then I, it's the brave step. And when I tell you it's brave, it's, it's every time I do it, it's scary. I will ask, do you feel anything different? And if somebody says to me a little bit, I will ask for a percentage. Do you feel 10% better, 50% better? How do you feel? And when they tell me, even if they say I feel 20% better, I will pray and thank God for the 20%. And then I will ask him for the 80%. Always give God glory for what he's done. If it's not everything that you thought it would be, thank him for it and ask him for the rest. He is faithful and he wants to move in your lives. I finish with this verse. Mark 16, 15 to 18, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Do you believe in Jesus? If you believe in Jesus, I want you to raise your hand. I'm not trying to send you out if you don't, but I just want you to raise your hand. I want you now to realize if you've raised your hand, this part is for you. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. I don't recommend that. And then they will drink deadly poison, and it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. If you believe in Jesus, the Bible tells us that we will place our hands on sick people, and they will get well. We cannot let our past experiences influence what we believe. Just because it doesn't happen for this one individual doesn't mean it's not going to happen for the next person. And if you stop praying because you don't see it, there's too many people that have operated in healing gifts that have prayed for hundreds of people that are recorded. They've prayed for hundreds before they see one. Hundreds before they see one. So let's pray. Father, I pray that you stir in our hearts this morning. You stir in our hearts, Father, to 
understand that you want to heal people. You want to touch people. You want to deliver them. And so, Father, this morning, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you just stir into stir up our faith again, not to question the past, but to press in and ask for the future and say, Lord, continue to stir in my heart the vision to see you heal people and use me. Lord, help me and forgive me for the times that I questioned your healing power because of past experiences. You are God. I am not. You know more than I do. And so, Lord, help me to lean into you. Give me the faith that we talked about last week to press past the things that are unknown to me. Give me the wisdom to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 